Good morning. Today we are starting a new series. We're going to be talking about prayer. And uh, I am in my garden praying that it doesn't rain. Um, I wanted to film in my garden this morning because uh, for me being outdoors and either being in my garden or on walks um, is a place that I find it's easier easier for me to enter into to prayer and to communion with God. So, so I wanted to do this out here and please Lord, don't let it rain while I'm filming. Um, <laughs> let me pray actually. God, thank you that you created us to, uh, to be in communion with you and to have intimacy. You um, had this idea that you wanted to create a universe in which your creatures would um, relate to you in intimate ways. And thank you that you have made a way for us to do that, that we can come before you, that we can speak with you and know that you hear us and that we can listen for your voice as well. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help me to articulate what's uh, on my mind this morning and that you would be honored and glorified in in our our lives of prayer in Jesus name amen so this morning i, I i'm not going to go deeply into different aspects of prayer like intercession or petition or things like that i just want to share a little bit um from my heart, from my experience around prayer, um, and I'll, I'll leave some of the depth to people who are, who are far greater prayer warriors than I am. Uh, I think there are people in Resound who, who are amazing at prayer, and uh, we'd love to just to hear from them on their thoughts around prayer, their thoughts, their their experience as well. So, uh, so this for me is just going to be a, a general kind of let's begin the topic of prayer. Uh, and um, so, I just want to share some of my experiences. Um, for me, when I first became a Christian, one of the things that I heard repeated over and over again from Christian leaders and from pastors uh, and from people who in one way or other directly or indirectly were discipling me was this need to uh to set aside a quiet time um a significant about amount of time and more often than not they would would point to the fact that you should set your alarm and get up before the sun came up uh, because that's how jesus did it he he rose before the sun and went out to a quiet place to pray uh, and I tried that and it did not work and I tried again and it didn't work and I tried again because it's well I had heard everybody saying and I felt guilty because it wasn't working for one thing I'm not a morning person so that right there is already an issue um, but also I just found, I think if I'm honest, I just found that this idea of, of 
a duty to meet with God in a specific formulaic way just didn't work for me. Um, and it wasn't until a friend gave me a little book written a few centuries ago by a monk named Brother Lawrence called Practicing the Presence of God um, that I found freedom. And in this book, Brother Lawrence, who, as I said, is a monk uh, and who was expected to retreat to his cell and pray for hours uh, on his knees in his little cell and then to pray in the early morning hours with, with the rest of the monks, he he shared his experience of finding communion with God in a greater way as he prayed while washing his washing dishes in while working in the kitchen while working in the gardens um and that was incredibly freeing for me because well primarily because it was what I was already doing um my sense of of intimacy with God was very, very real, and I talked to him all day long, continuously, uh, and I still do. In fact, one of the prayers that I find on my lips more more than any other prayer is simply, "I love you, Jesus. I love you, God. I love you, Father." Um, and that's not unlike I I often tell my wife I love her and so that's just a very natural thing for me um, to be able to do but the point really is that that my my prayer life with God has always been one that was just formed out of out of my relationship with him rather than kind of being formed by a sense of Christian duty um, and so as I as I experienced that freedom, um, you know, it didn't change it didn't change everything. And and let me say this before I go on, for for those of you who a quiet time and that discipline is very helpful and very important. I don't knock it at all. I'm not saying that that that's wrong. That my sense my form of prayer, uh, my form of communion with God is better. Uh, what I'm saying is that that the form that we can often put out there as the right way, the norm, isn't for everybody. And what I want to do is is release anybody who has a sense of of being condemned or being feeling guilty because because that form doesn't really work for them, that that's not the only form. So so that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that that for those of you who get a lot from a specific quiet time and for those of you who can get up in the uh, the early hours of the morning god bless you uh keep doing it that's great um but i found that also just just in a lot of ways through throughout the christian life of prayer i found that i really struggled with prayer meetings um because also there's often a sense of expectation or a sense of duty um that you should pray out and pray out loud, um, and um, and to be fair, a lot of the the early prayer meetings that I would go to really just turned into a lot of whinging, um, and maybe rightly so. I mean, there, certainly people have needs, but but I just 
found them such a struggle for such a long time. Um, and part of it was also that sense of duty that as a, as a Christian, I was, you know, expected to show up at the prayer meetings and, and be really exuberant about praying, praying in front of other people. And I've always, always struggled with that. Um, so again, that's, that's not wrong. And I think Resound has some amazing prayer meetings. Um, unfortunately, because of, of the COVID situation, some of those have struggled. Um, some of those have tried to continue via Zoom and, and that works to a degree and maybe not to another degree, but, um, uh, and certainly one church one day is a, is an amazing day of prayer. Um, and I've participated in various aspects of that and, and really enjoyed it. Um, whether praying on my own in the prayer room during the day or at home or, or joining Stevie for some creative time, uh, in the hall in the past or, or some of the evening things that we've done has just been amazing. But, um, my point really is just, just that creating this sense of duty around something that is meant to be primarily about communion, um, can be a struggle for some. And so the ideal is to, to not to do away with those things, but to somehow create a space that all of those things become more about um, uh, empowering people to, to enter into a place of communion with God individually or corporately, individually in like a quiet time type of situation or however people want to experience intimacy with God or corporately. Um, oftentimes for me especially, uh, worship has really helped to to kind of uh, energize me for then going into a time of prayer. And so I, I've always found that prayer meetings that start with worship or have worship interspersed between the prayer have always been much, much easier. Um, so that's just, just again, uh, sharing from my own experience. Um, but it, it brings, brings us back to the question of, of really what's the foundation of prayer? Um, and, the obvious answer is the foundation is God. Um, and I know that most of you are going, duh, that's clearly obvious. So, um, but I think that, that while we get that, like a lot of things with, with, within Christianity, we get the language, but while, while we get that the foundation of prayer is God, um, I think we can miss an aspect of that because Especially as evangelicals, as charismatics, we, we see God most often in his intimate form, um, which is right, which is good. It's, it's, I, I, again, I'm not knocking that because I think that that's something that Jesus came, that's one of the reasons Jesus came, that, that God became man so that we could experience, experience intimacy with him. Um, God became like us so that we would know how to recognize him really. Um, and so that's a good thing. And, and it's good that we've embraced that. We, we, we often pray to Jesus as, as our best friend, as, uh, as I said for myself, uh, as my bridegroom, um, we pray to God as father. Um, and those things are, are really, really important. And, and I, I'll, I'll not lessen those things because if we lose those things, then we've lost kind of 
a very foundational aspect of Christianity. Um, but I think as charismatics and I think as evangelicals, one of the things that we have tend, tended to shy away from and that we have maybe even lost is a sense of God as transcendent. Um, and there are certainly other expressions of, of faith that, that I think get that in a, in a way. And I've, I've really begun to experience that in the last probably 10, maybe 15 years as I've more embraced, uh, some of the contemplative practices, um, and read the stories of the Desert Fathers and a lot of the monastics and mystics of Christian history and began to realize that, that there's a side of God that is also very important to commune with, and that's his transcendent side. The, the God that is, is as, as a little book written in this country um, over a thousand years ago, uh, The Cloud of an Unknowing, God is ineffable. He's un, unknowable in his expanse because he is infinite uh, and our finite minds can't understand that. So that there's a place for us in prayer where we also need to be able to embrace his infinite and um, incomprehensible nature. Uh, and I think one of the best places to, to find that is in silence. Uh, and I'm including silence in a talk on prayer because I think that that prayer is more than just talking to God. In fact, I'm, I'm hoping that we understand that prayer is also listening to God. And prayer can be silence. Um, and I think this clicked with me in a different way many years ago, not in, in the sense of, of prayer or con contemplative, but, but I, was, I was with a friend who was a fairly new friend and like maybe maybe you don't struggle with this but for me um those mom moments when you're in a, a fairly new relationship whether it's friendship or anything else those moments that we all kind of reflect on as awkward silences um we were on a long road trip to go camping and I suddenly, it suddenly dawned on me that we had just sat in silence while, while on the road for probably well over an hour and not said anything and not felt the need to say anything. And I think it clicked with me that at that moment that actually that's a sign of a good friendship. That's a sign of a good relationship is the need, the need or the lack of need to fill the silence with talking. It's often those people that we are um, probably most uncomfortable with, uncomfortable with or most newly into relation, in relationship with that we feel the need to always fill up the silence. And I think that we can be that way with God. I think we can need to fill up the silence with God because probably more so out of a sense of duty, but also because we've got this this sense of well, it's relationship, right? So, you know, so I should be talking, uh, and probably more often than not, we talk and very rarely listen, but, um, but some of us do listen, uh, and a plug for the prophetic encouragements because these guys do know how to listen to God. So sign up for that if that's something that, 
that um, would encourage you. Um, but also talk to them about learning to, to listen to God as well, because I think that they can teach us a lot about giving space for him to talk. But then there's also times of when we can just sit and not expect God to talk, but it's just okay just to just be with him, you know, to be with him on that road trip, not filling up the silence. Um, and that's something very powerful, and it, I think that's something that can begin to tap into um the God who is beyond the intimate, the God who is transcendent, because um, because I think it's in silence that we can have the most ability to grasp his ineffability, um, because silence is the only thing that can encompass that much space. And so there is a place for silence, um, and there is a place for petition, and there's a place for for crying out to God. I'm reminded of Hannah uh, in Samuel when when she's she's literally bewailing. She's she's crying out to him in such a way that that Eli thinks she's drunk. Um, there's a place for liturgy, uh, and as as evangelicals, we tend to shy away from that. But you know, I used to think that the Lord's Prayer the prayer that's in Matthew and in, in Luke and that is repeated so often in in liturgical churches, uh, word for word, that that was meant to be just a kind of an example to teach us kind of things to do. Um, until I read, began to read, that actually Jesus was quoting a couple of Jewish liturgical prayers. The Kaddish um, has has many of the elements. In fact, the majority of the Lord's Prayer can be found in the Jewish Kaddish. Um, and there are a couple of other prayers that he, he alluded to in that. And so Jesus himself wasn't afraid of, of repeated prayers, of liturgy. And yes, just before the Lord's Prayer, he, he talks about not being like the pagans who, who babble on. Um, and some of our translations uh, call that um, meaningless repetition. Um, but I don't think that that's referring to liturgy as much as it is referring to just a sense of, as I said earlier, a need to fill up the space with noise, to fill it up with with continuous um, rambling, which some of us do in prayer. <laughs> and uh, that's a habit that we pick up often. Um, we, we learn a lot of our prayer habits. Um, and I think that that's probably another thing, and, I, and I'll probably begin to wrap up here, but... We, we, we learn, we've learned a type of prayer language that is, can often be less than natural for us. Um, and what I mean by that is, is we learn a way to talk with God, which is not a way that we would talk with anyone else. And I don't mean that we're talking to him in a more honorable way. I, I mean that we're talking to him in a formulaic way. And uh, and I'm I'm not bringing that to attention to again belittle anybody's way of prayer because again I think we learn that we learn that from our uh, the people who've discipled us and it just becomes a traditional thing it's a culture that we just take upon ourselves almost by osmosis we don't really realize we're doing it um, but we can have a a language of prayer that is 
unlike how we would communicate with even a loved one, unlike how we would communicate with a even a person of importance. Um, and as I prayed in the beginning, um, you know, one of the things that I I kind of chuckle at is is the the sense of needing to end every prayer with the words in Jesus' name, Amen. It's kind of like a signal, okay, God, I'm I'm closing up here. Um, because when we talk to other people, uh, even a person of importance, we don't often say, you know, I'm doing this for the reason of let it end. And and the word amen being a Hebrew word that, that just means let it be, is just an agreement that the things that I pray, I just pray um, that God would hear. Um, so I just think some, some of those things are interesting and funny. Um, I think we could learn a lot just by being aware of them and maybe practicing uh, in our in our own lives, trying to peel back some of those those formulas that we can often get so stuck in the formula of of prayer language, you know, repeating the word Father or or Lord or Lord Jesus or that kind of thing over and over in our prayer, which we would never do again as we speak to a person. I would never address Juanita by saying, Dear Juanita, can you go shopping for us and get some milk, Juanita? And while you're out at the shop, Juanita, could you do this, Juanita? And we pick up these, these cute little things that, that that we've learned just along the way. So just, just to be aware of them, again, not to knock them, um, because, again, it's just a habit that we've picked up, but, but to be aware of the way that we pray so that we can begin to try to enter into a place of, of making prayer a, a, a movement from our the depths of our being rather than a, a thing that we're kind of meant to do. Um, and I think a lot of those things come from that sense of duty and a place of feeling pressure to do them in a certain way. Um, the pressure to pray out loud in a prayer meeting and it's good to have people who do pray out loud because then we can join in and and agree with prayer um i just want to remove the pressures that tradition has put upon us and just just open up this whole world of prayer to to us in a new and fresh way that we can be aware of our our quirks that we can be aware of our, our own personalities and and relational styles, that we can be aware of the need to go deeper with God, to go beyond um, a buddy relationship with him, to go beyond even a lover relationship, beyond even a father relationship, into even touching on the vastness of God uh, in certain ways. Um, and, and we begin to embrace him with all of our being. And, and, one one other way of praying that I didn't mention, and I'll just say it here, is through through activity. Um, we don't often think of that, but as we do things for God, alongside God, as we work alongside Him, almost like a little child working alongside their dad in the in the garage, not really doing a lot, but but just being there and doing those things that we see the Father doing. That that in itself is a, is a type of communion and a type of prayer. So. Um, so remember that as you go through your day, as you're, like Brother Lawrence, as you're doing the washing up, that even little mundane activities can be um, soaked with 
prayer, whether it's prayer in words, prayer in thoughts, prayer in silence, or just the prayer in the action of serving someone and blessing someone. I've rambled. Um, it's, as I said, this is by no means an in-depth talk on prayer. It's just some thoughts uh, and some of my own experiences and some of my own weaknesses and frustrations, but also some of my own passion um, to enter into a deeper place of intimacy with God, um, both intimacy with Him as imminent, but also intimacy with Him as the transcendent through silence and through contemplation. Um, and I, I pray that you're blessed. I pray that your own prayer life is is dynamic and filled with the Holy Spirit and His presence in both tangible and completely intangible ways that you would recognize him when you don't see him and that you would recognize him as very, very present when he doesn't feel very present because he is. Uh, and that recognition itself being a part of your prayer life. Amen. I pray that you're blessed and I pray that as other people begin to talk about prayer that you would um, really get a lot and, and your own prayer life would be um, reinvigorated and ignited in new ways. Amen. Bless you guys.